Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to a Believe podcast. I'm your host, John Hoisenstamm. This is the Guitar Life. My special guest today is Larry Ferrara, a classical virtuoso and professor from the San Francisco Bay Area. Thanks for being here with us, and I hope you enjoy our conversation. Well, what are you up to these days, Larry? My ensemble class, we meet on Mondays and... um... And we we're, we did two virtual performances. Um, we did. Uh, <laughs> Explain that. What's a virtual performance? Okay. Well, well, they're ensemble pieces. There's about eleven of us, and um, I record. Uh, I record one of the parts to the ensemble. Sometimes more if they want. Yeah. To um, at first I did it to, with the metronome. And then I do I do it once with the metronome while I'm playing, and then another time, you know, without the metronome. But I'm listening to it, so they get the part, and um, they listen with with one earbud. They listen to me play, and they play their part while I'm playing the other part. I got and you. And they're listening in the other ear without the earbud, and um, and they're recording it. It's very important that it's a video because it gets compiled and it looks like we're actually playing together. I could I could send you what we've done if you want. Well, and, um, so, excuse me, but I've seen a lot of that in pop music as of late. A lot of uh, you know music that we're watching is done this, in the same way. One guy's in Nashville, one guy's in L.A., one guy's in Seattle, and they do. A, yeah, you would call that a virtual performance, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then it gets pieced together in iMovie. And then you can adjust the the volume levels, and um, it's 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 kind of fun. It's it's actually it's actually really hard if if the um, if the guitar part's difficult because um, you know in the old days when you went in a recording studio, if if you didn't like the take, you could redo it. But like you know now it's like this is it. So so well, it's, if, it's a if, live uh, performance. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's good. What have you been up to? Well, I mean, I've been, uh, you know, quarantined in my house since March, like everybody else. And uh, my I wife know. and I were really trying to adhere to the rules, you know, and I think uh, I think it's yeah. important uh, that everybody uh, do that unless you're out doing something important that has, you know, to do with work and survival. Mm-hmm. And we should we should all like be careful. Yeah. You know, take it seriously. I know. <laughs> I, we don't even go shopping. We have everything delivered. Yeah. Do you, do you spray the stuff and disinfect it before it comes through the front door? Well, we have the disinfectant wipes. Yeah. Even even in the morning newspaper, I'm wiping it down. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
Yeah, why get it if you can if you can help it, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially you're a young guy, but but at my <laughs> <Yeah>. age, <laughs> thank you. You are no, no. If at my age and you eat right, right, you're vegetarian. So um, you know, I if I get it, I, I'm done. I'm. How dumb, do you know right? all these things about me? What have you been reading about me? Oh come on, <laughs> we met Nam. I know you. Let's let's uh. We let's... went golfing. We went golfing. I tell you, you gotta miss golf, right? Or do you go? Oh, I practice at the local park. You know, I stand out, I look around, and I make sure I'm not too close to people. And I practice chipping, which is a short shot in golf. And I take my yeah. seven iron for uh, you know 135 yards. I think our field is like 150, 160 yards long, so I can try and keep it from hitting it out into the bush. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've gotten quite good. Uh, I wouldn't say that. But you've no, been practicing, I've huh? A lot. No, no. I've gotten a lot better. I took a two-semester class at City, and then I've been out a couple of times with a couple of golf buddies. Oh, you have friends you can play with, huh? Yeah. Well, in the old, yeah, before COVID, yeah. That's great. Well, then you really took it. Uh, you took it seriously, I guess. I guess well, yeah, if that's the right word. <laughs> you got me started on it. Well, so. I wish I could get other people started on practicing their guitars, but uh, golf, okay, great. Let's get you going. <laughs> I got I got a thing for practice. Okay. Tell your students you only want to practice five minutes a day. Okay. Because there's no way they're going to do five minutes. But, you know, if they have that mindset, they'll get their guitar out and then, you know, it'll be 20 or more. I've never in my life heard a top quality instructor say practice for five minutes a day. <laughs> well, well that, that's, that's for beginners. Okay. All right, yeah, that's. <laughs> and you know, you, you being, know I usually say, "Come on, try at least ten, fifteen, twenty minutes a day here." Okay, that's close. But five minutes, okay, I'm going to adopt that. That's good. <laughs> I'll nail hey, them with I, that. If I, they I can't do five minutes. I'll tell the parents, forget it. You know. No, no, you play so well. It's it's a oh, real inspiration. Oh, I tell you what, we what else I've been doing, and you get a kick out of this. If you lived in Pacific, I'd invite you. We there's um, three people who play guitar on on our, my block. You know they're not great, but they know all their chords and stuff. And so on Fourth of July and then one other time, um, Memorial Day, we got out. We get out on our on our driveways with electric guitars. Oh yeah, and we jam. We have a playlist before, and I mail them all the music. Of course, they don't look at it, so I'm I'm sh I'm shouting out the chords while I'm doing melody. I hope they don't hear this interview. <laughs> I don't know. We haven't really started yet. We're still BSing. Oh, but anyway, okay. all, the whole block comes out, you know, because it's loud, yeah. and it's just great. It's just great, you know. Um, and then we're, we're all social distance because they're on the other side of the street, and I'm on my side. Cool. So. Anyway, hey, hey, let's uh, let's give people out there an idea about your background, because uh, I'm All that's right. what I'm more fascinated with with everybody that I have on the show. I just love to hear how they got started, and uh, you know, classical musicians are generally thought of by the rest of us who are like rock and rollers and country musicians. We always think these classical guys are kind of highbrow and they're kind of unapproachable, right? But you, you know. You, you, let's talk about your uh, your the first stage of your music career. You started the guitar, uh, what back in La, La Habra? Is that where you grew up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toby La Habra music. 
Well, he started, I, I, I was 11 years old. I still have the method book. It was Mel Bay's Spanish Guitar Method. And um, it was finger style and I was learning to read. And, and um, this was in 64, you know, the very same year that the Beatles played on Ed Sullivan. But I had already started, you know, with guitar lessons. And and um, then and it, the type of lessons that they were, it was, it was just... Um, because I still, like, as I mentioned, I have the method book. So he would mark the each little exercise with the date. And then I'd come in and I'd play it. And then he'd check it off and, you know, it was the next one. And um, and so we went through the whole book. But um, after the Beatles played on Ed Sullivan, um, it was, it, you know, forget this. Forget this finger style classical stuff. So I, I took up. You know, I took up uh, electric and and I tried to play by ear and figured things out on records. Well, who, are you know, some not... your, who are some of the influences besides the Beatles that uh, made you want to play guitar? Well, well, the Who and and um, Led Zeppelin, they, but they they didn't really become big until I was a junior in high school. But the Who early on, uh, Jimi Hendrix, I saw him live a couple of times. Buffalo Springfield, um, right? Yeah, the, those. That's in the electric world, right? And, and um, in fact, you know, I know I've told you this story a lot, and we don't even have to go into detail. It may not be relevant, but um, I, I met you at Lowell because you you had the Beatles White album. I know you don't remember that story, but. I saw it. That guy's got the Beatles White album, so I ran over and ah, you know. yeah. But did you but, know um, I was a musician? You told me right away, and then um, if you had that album in those days when it just come out, I thought this guy is so cool. But <laughs> well, anyway, I I didn't play the guitar. <laughs> I was a bass player then. I was just playing the bass. Yeah, so so I played I played electric pretty much by ear and and I or watching people and. Um, yeah, you know, knowing people like you, and then, um, then when I went to college, um, the I wanted all my musical background. So the only thing, and I had to declare a major. So I thought, well, I might as well just do music. Well, in college, they only teach classical or jazz, and even in those days, there was there wasn't a jazz guitar program. There was a jazz program that was in '71. So I, um, you know, I pursued classical at, at Sonoma State. My teacher was also teaching at the conservatory. He told me um, we had weekly lessons on, on classical. He told me, don't waste your time at Sonoma. I come to the conservatory. So I auditioned and then I, you know, got my That's undergrad. Interesting. Yeah, but yeah. when you first went to uh, college, were you... Uh, set on studying music or were you just uh, trying to figure out what you were doing in your freshman year or was guitar? Uh, was, was no, guitar no, that's a good, that's a good question. I was, I'm trying to figure out, I was in the Hutchins school, which was sort of a, a liberal arts, uh, a sort of existential philosophy. Uh, Oh, there goes, yeah, our, no. there goes my blues guitar playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> And, but yeah, so then after my, it was this, my second year, I said, man, I really have to declare a major. And my roommate was a classical pianist. 
So um, he influenced me quite a bit. Um, so I, I went ahead and joined. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that's what I wanted to find out. I wanted to see how you segued from, uh, you know, being a, a rock guy in the high school and suddenly you're old enough to go to college and you've been playing music, but you haven't really, like, yeah. declared that you were going to study classical. And now look at you. you you made a career out of becoming a classical musician. Right. Yeah. So you, you dedicated your yeah. life to it. And uh, I mean, you, you've played at uh, Carnegie Hall. You've done incredible uh, shows with orchestras, uh, San Francisco mm -hmm. Ballet Orchestra, Bay Chamber Symphony. Uh, I mean, you played all over the world, basically. Now, the guitar, the guitar took you everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's been really, really good. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. You got any you got any. Uh, Real strong, uh, I don't know if there's a word, gratitudinal, but thanks for certain shows that you did that really will stand out in your mind uh, uh, well, for your well, life. The it, was, yeah, it was Carnegie Recital Hall, which is right next to Carnegie Hall. It, it seats about 500 or something. Well, the New York Times showed up, and and I got a really good um, New York Times review. It, because New York's a sort of a debut town, and um, that really helped get me concerts and also my teaching job at the conservatory. I, I was teaching at the conservatory in the um, prep department, but then after the Carnegie Hall success, um, I, I was offered a job in the um, collegiate. And so I taught there for 38 years. Back in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, you know, according to my notes here, there's three different uh, uh, schools that you taught at in San Francisco that you were the prominent, uh, you know, guitar yeah. instructor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I taught yeah 20 years at UC Berkeley. And then um, I was. <clears throat> San I was Francisco City be... College at San Francisco. Right. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm still on the staff there I, with my ensemble class. Although with you know with with the shelter in place, that class is is a little bit um, tentative. You I've do, been like I said, I've been meeting the students vir virtually. Virtually, yeah. yeah. So, um, how many but, students but is the there? The college board. The college board is really quite pleased because I'm sending the videos to them. So hopefully it'll save my uh, teaching visit because I was full time for um 30 also for 39 years and um and then i retired and then i was rehired part-time wow that's after. a real that's a, a statement in itself huh did they get back to you to just say look i can't live without being a teacher anymore please take me back no. oh isn't it true yeah no yeah teaching's really vitalizing and yeah and you know it, it's great to see someone Keep going. do well on sure it's great to see someone do well on the guitar and and then kind of harken back to the day when similar experiences i've got a were. i've got a special letter here from one of my neighbors larry that i think you'll really appreciate and i don't you know i don't want to throw a slant into what we've been talking about but it's just a humorous story and i'll just read it, it says hi john Sorry, I've been so slow to respond, but I want to say thank you for the trombone mute. So I had a neighbor playing the trombone, and 
I gave him some mutes because my son played the trombone, right? Thank you for the trombone mute. I've been super busy with music throughout March. I'm in band, jazz band, drum line, and the pit orchestra for the musical. I really appreciate the mute. It's really helped me a lot. I might even use it at Carnegie Hall this Saturday. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> you never know what's going to happen with these people. They get into music and suddenly they're, in, they're entrenched in a huge, like, uh, there's a yeah. world out there ready to, uh, you know, employ and effectively, you know, you know use people uh, as, a, as a means for entertainment and for education. It's insane, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a really great story. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, tell me, um, so guitars. Um, now, a while back, we had a conversation about Ramirez guitars, and you seemed to say, hey, John, uh, if you ever see a Ramirez this, or Ram would you let me know? Because I'd love to. Now, how many Ramirez guitars do you have? I just have one. It's, it's from... Um... So you didn't go out collecting them, huh? Well, well, I've had I've had three in my lifetime, but this one was was um, was given to me by one of my students. She was getting older and wasn't playing it any longer. And it's from the 60s. It's a Paulino Barnabé Ramirez. His his initials are on it. Okay, but, um, you know, I played a, a guitar. I played a Ramirez and an Aribe. For many years, Oribe from San Diego, yeah, yeah. Him and his him and his son built those guitars, right? Exactly. We used to have those in the guitar shop. Yeah, I met him one time. He came in there. Yeah, well, those those guitars were the necks were um, exceptionally long. So um, I've I've kind of over the years have gotten to play shorter necks, short scale, yeah, to make the stretches. Yeah. yeah, they're not really short scale. They're pretty much the standard. But Ramirez was extra big because Segovia's hands were so gigantuan. He asked the he asked the maker to put put the guitar bigger so he wasn't so cramped. And you know the average <clears throat> guitar neck length is six hundred and fifty millimeters. So and that was too too small for his hands. What's that in the inches? For Americans, is that like twenty-five and seven eighths, or something like that? Twenty-five inches, seven eighths. It's actually, under that, it's like twenty-four or something. Yeah. Oh, okay, more like a Les Paul, more like yeah. a, more like that yeah. kind of scale. Yeah. Yeah. Which I or consider a, a short, a shorter scale because of Stratocasters. Right. The other, I think twenty-five and five and, eighths or something. It, Jeez, I forgot all those things. Sorry. <clears throat> a telly is a long neck, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's how you get that big twang, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, see, so, I thought you—you you sounded like you were collecting those things, but uh, evidently you didn't become a. a but you did tell oh, me no, once. I, yeah. Excuse no, me. No, I have a I'm a. I have a collector bug in me. I've got um. I've got a. Uh, I've got a 1959 Hauser. I have a um. A 63 Fletta. Um, I got you know the 60. Two Ramirez. Did you ever buy a, a guitar from that, that guy White in Australia? Did you ever buy one of his guitars? Well, I have a Greg Smallman from Australia in 92. Oh, okay. 
because there was another classical guitar maker with a last name White from Australia. Am I yeah? Am yeah. I right? Well, yeah, you're right. And and um, the those are those are in the the style of a smallman, which has lattice bracing, which has little pieces of wood that kind of there's a ja- there's a Japanese guitar that's very famous. Uh, What's it? What's the Japanese? Kono? Yeah, Kono. I was trying to think of that because we had him in our store in uh, in West Australia. I worked for a guy, uh, Lionel Cranfield at Zenith Music, and he used to carry those. And I yeah. did. I did a recital. Uh, actually, it was a a test. I went and performed for the uh, local exam board uh, on the classical guitar, and I used one oh, of those cool. Kono. I used one of those Konos, and it was a very very nice guitar. I remember that. Yeah, it made all the difference. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know this. This isn't. I'm supposed to be the interviewee, but at some point, I'd love to hear about your guitar collection as well. Well, I don't really have one. I've got an old uh, 175, which is my you know staple uh, guitar, which is like a jazz guitar that I I can play country on it too. And then recently, uh, I got a, a an Eric Johnson Stratocaster, which is like a 50s model that he's kind of like you know, tweak some of the dimensions of it. That's a great instrument. I have to break it in, of course. But uh, over the years, I've had just about everything you could think of, uh, but I never really owned a Sunburst uh, Les Paul from the 50s. <laughs> ooh, ooh. <laughs> That's probably the only guitar I never... Uh, I, I've seen him for sale uh, back in the day when I could have got him for cheap, but I never uh, collected them. And those are really the only two... Uh, quality uh, guitar. I have, a, I have a nice bass that I my do- I got for my daughter, but I'm, I'm the one that's holding it right now, Fender Jazz Bass. But all the other guitars are old beat-up Yamahas, and I got a Mexican classical guitar. I guess it's from Paracho. Uh, oh, nice. I never nice. really collected. No, I worked at a lot of music stores, but I never really yeah. hung, hung on to everything. I got. Well, yeah. No, yeah. I know. it's Well, here's here's what I'm doing now that you know, I have so much more time. There's about seven guitars I have that I really, really, you know, enjoy. And so each day of the week, I'm playing a different guitar. <laughs> but if I have concerts, guilt. I, you know, it's to, it's I stick, the relief I stick of the, with one. What? It's the relief of the guilt you feel when you own them. You said, I better play this just to justify <laughs> having it in the house, right? Could be, could be, could be. Could be. Uh, that's funny. Hey, how about uh, some of these other guys like uh, Julian Bream? Uh, it, it says that uh, you uh, you interact with him in some way. Could you talk about that a little bit? He's such a great, iconic guitarist. Yeah, yeah. Um, he held a, a, a two-week-long master class at the Conservatory of Music in the early 80s. And um, there was a long line, you know, the, to, to audition for him. He was in a small practice room and he listened to every every guitarist play before he chose. And how many is that? <laughs> he chose. Um, I think he chose seven. And, out of um, out of how many? I think there were maybe two hundred applicants. Oh my God! Congratulations, Larry. Yeah, it was over two days, and so. Um, <laughs> But but the most you know the the lesson was great you know he gave me his fingerings he told me the tempo to play and um, he he did he did a a tremolo where I was doing a rascato and I made a lot of the changes but see in those days and he didn't want anyone videotaping or taking pictures so yeah stealing his uh, mojo his thunder I, I don't know I would have been so nice to have had it but anyway um, more the the most exciting thing was auditioning for him because. 
he was so he was my so long my idol, and there I was playing for Julian yeah. Bream in a small practice room. He was behind a desk, and you know he said, you know, what are you going to play? And so I'm just playing this piece for this guy, and you know, because in a master class it's different. For you know, God, you were playing for God for a few minutes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In the master class, it's like you know, uh, play play for the audience, and then play for me, and then you know, I'm gonna you know, tear you apart or something. Yeah, you go in terrified. Yeah, expect the worst. Thumbs down, right? And then they're gonna decapitate you. Yeah. No, no. He was really respectful, though, and you know, and I still meet people. In fact, I I just had an encounter on one of my Zoom classes, and I didn't, wasn't aware of this, that one of the students was actually in the audience at that class. And um, he reminded me of, of some of the points that Bream made. So I got out my score and went over the notes with him. But anyway, so that that was probably my um, my most ex, most inspirational lesson. I studied, you know, with George Sacolario, the, the teacher who taught at Sonoma and also at the conservatory. I studied yeah. with him for five years and that was amazing. his style of teaching was um, I would do a piece and he would just tell me, play it this way, you know, play it like this. And he'd play the piece in the lesson. And, um, and I, it was really good for me at that point. Cause if someone, sure, example, example, if someone over explained it, I probably would have said, ah, but, yeah. but if he just played it on, but, but you know what I, that was the teaching method I was exposed to for many years. And then when I went to teach myself, that didn't always work with everyone. And I didn't have something to go on. Like, how do you explain, you know, 
playing in good time or getting a good tone, you've got to articulate it. So that was that was hard. But over the years, I've you made I've up your own, you made up your own uh, uh, ideology yeah. and methodologies for it, huh? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I yeah. do the same thing with jazz and with uh, well, mainly jazz, but country music too has an incredible uh, depth to it. Now that there's so many uh, great country players that are really technical, so. How do you get yeah. started in that? And you got to figure out a way to teach people that. Uh, I basically yeah. walk backwards and try to recollect how I progressed, and then I try to transmit that to the uh, student if it's possible. Yeah. Well, well, the times I've seen you play, I think you know your your choice of notes and your timing is is just great. It's so expressive, and so it's not like you know you're just doing a bunch of notes or something. It's like the keynote at the right time and it's chill. So <laughs> I'm going to have to interview myself now. Cut it out. <laughs> no, no, you, your listeners have to know that they probably already do. Uh, I haven't talked about myself yet on this. This is a new uh, thing for me and uh, believe has given me an opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, state my case and share, share my uh, friends. Actually these uh, interviews, uh, Hopefully, all my friends who are great musicians will jump on board, and uh, we'll have a lot of fun, uh, you know, talking yeah. about music. That's what I'm hoping for. So, yeah. uh, so far, this uh, this has been great, Larry. I really want to thank you for being here. I I don't think we're done yet. I still got some questions for you. Oh, sure, go. How, how about uh, pieces of music like, uh, you know, the guitar concerto by, uh, you know, Rodrigo? Yeah. What about that? I mean, have you ever played that with an orchestra? Yeah, I've done it tw about over a dozen times. Wow! Yeah, that must be yeah. so much fun. Oh, it's 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 tremendous. It's one of the great pieces. It's one of the you know, if you had to say ten masterpieces, that would be amongst the top. Rodrigo Guitar Concerto. My my dad used to say things to me like, "Classical music is the greatest music." It's the highest form of art. And that was it. I'd have to, you know, walk around the whole day thinking about that. I go, Dad, I'm listening to like, you know, Savoy Brown and Chicago. And I'm listening to uh, Blood, Sweat. And how does where does he get this information from? So my brain was totally being jostled by uh, classical music because my relatives, particularly my uncle, he's a classical uh He's a classical composer and educator, and he could check that name, Heusenstamm, H-E-U-S-S-E-N-S-T-A-M-M, -S -S with George, and he's he's right up there. So how yeah, about I have some of his scores actually with his signature on it. You gave him to me. Yeah, no, he's quite quite a quite a, a guy. He's amazing. Yeah, so that's what I had to deal with. Uh, always, you know, reflecting about whether or not I should be studying classical in depth, like my friend Larry uh, Farrar, or do I continue with my explorations in jazz and blues and whatever? Anyway. No, no, you did, you did well. You did well. You're, <laughs> well, thanks. You're amazing. You're you amazing. Too. And your son and your son plays classical, right? Well, yeah. He's well, my son Vaughn plays all these different. He plays piano. He plays guitar. He plays drum. He's very good on the drums. He's uh, he's a quality drummer. He could play. Uh, professional drums uh, with anybody really but uh, he that's not his choice he'd rather uh, play piano or play guitar because it's a more melodic uh, sense you know to play the drums all day long you can't take the drums to the beach so he'd rather take his guitar down to the beach and you know he's 
Do you yeah. jam with him on? Oh well, I've hired him before to be the drummer in uh, in a lot of shows, and my daughter plays bass, so the three of us have done a lot of shows together. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. How cool! How yeah. cool! How, how about this guy Fernando Sor? He was a famous uh, classical uh, composer, but he did a lot of educational stuff too, right? So, uh, what, yeah, what, what, what's your take on him? Well, um, for sort of an intermediate guitarist, intermediate advanced yeah his studies are some of the most revered and kind of uh, required repertoire you the 20 well there's 20 studies that segovia chose of his many many opuses yeah i and have that book one, each one is a teaching a different technical aspect and classical and it seems like those are sort of you know, required repertoire, they're sort of the stepping stones getting into the classical guitar. They're very traditional. And um, the other ones are the Carcassi Opus 60. Yeah, Carcassi. Yeah, but the Soar are really good. They're uh, more musical, you think? They are. They are. Now, now they um, his sense of harmony is a little bit more advanced than Carcassi. Because like... <clears throat> If you if you love basic guitar and you know your chords A through G major minor and seventh you and if you play Carcassi etudes you're gonna see those shapes but um, Soar he uses all these these more more abstract and inversions and um, he he adds he, he adds you know chromatic tones and things so you don't really see the relationship of of you know your basic guitar chords. To classical repertoire, but you do in Carcassi all the time. Oh, you know, I you got see, you. He's got an A minor chord. And that's it. That's very it. interesting. Yeah, there's yeah. another guy. Uh, is it Giuliani? Um, who had a book? I think he was the composer who had a book about just transitioning from a C major chord to a G seven chord, and he had like 120 variations of that. Am I right? Yeah. Am I? I'm, I'm kind of going back in my memory, like 30, 40 years here. Um, you are right. You are right. Wow. Um, that, and that's another standard. I, I, my, uh, my first teacher, George Saccolario, my, my, my first important classical teacher, had me go through those kind of, okay. you know, See, I'm just, I'm just seeing if there's validity in all that, and evidently there is. Yeah. Oh, oh, they're great. It's called Opus 1A, 120 Studies for the Right Hand. And for pick players who want to develop finger style, they're tremendous. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. That's how I got my right hand going. I used that book. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Because I know what a C chord is, and I know what a G7 chord is, and I just had to practice those uh, those fingerings, yeah, the right hand fingerings. Yeah, and then someone like you could probably, you know, change the chords and make... Well, yeah, that's all. That's, that's, e that's easy to do. Get, minor nine. Yeah, playing, playing chord variations is easy when it's the same strings, you know, once yeah. you... Here's a here's another uh, question I want to get to you, and you've been great, Larry. Thanks so much. So this Paco sure. Bell's Canon that was such a popular uh, <laughs> piece of classical music that got you know crossed over into uh, pop radio and all. Are you going to play it? <laughs> what about it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was almost a joke question. I was going to say that did that become like? Uh, well, put it this way. Uh, there's a famous singer in Australia. His name is Ian Moss. And I was, because uh, I lived down there a long time. I got to be friends with some of these guys. 
and I write music. And, uh, you know, here's Ian Moss. I said to him, hey, uh, I've written some of these songs. Uh, you, know, you think you'd be interested in hearing some of them? Maybe you could even perform some of them. He says, it's got to be a song that I really, really, really like because I'm going to have to sing it a million times. <laughs> so here you are with this Paco Bill. Now, you, know, you just picked the guitar up and you, you didn't even, you know, try. Did that happen? Did you have to play that at every wedding, at every, I mean, was that oh, just yeah. that? Okay, there you go. So classical music has the same dichotomies that uh, pop music has where you get roped into having to. Well, you know, in rock, you know, it's. <laughs> It's in every song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Power chords. Yeah, that's great. I usually tell... Sorry. There's a a YouTube clip, Paco Bell's Rant, and he goes through every pop song that uses Paco... And he was a cellist before he was a stand-up comedian, and he had to play the bass line, you know? Okay, yeah. Well, that's not difficult. (laughs) Over 40 times in the whole piece. And he tried to vary it, right? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know, but you got to see that. Paco Bell yeah. Rant. It's like 5 million hits on YouTube. Yeah. Sometimes the simplest stuff is the most difficult because you got to stay patient and you got to provide the necessary uh, backdrop for the music. And if you start doing too much, you become the busy bass player who gets fired, basically. <laughs> How yeah. about this guy, Christopher Parkening? What do you think of him? He was uh, quite a great uh, young guitarist. Well, Right. Well, he was the, our American kind of uh, counterpart to Julian Bream in London, John Williams in Australia, yeah. and Parkening in the U.S. You know, Segovia yeah. was the granddaddy of them all. But okay, that was that that was the generation after Segovia. So you, and you, he was the U.S. He was the U.S. representative. Now, now today, there's every every year there's three hundred more you know, amazing guitarists. But in those days, <clears throat> there weren't that many. Okay. I mean, you can't say, you can't say there's one guy anymore yeah, or even, I got you. even three, even three. There's, you know, like 200 or something. Yeah. Well, but that's all right. That's what, all right. What about that, uh, you know, that detour that John Williams uh, took where he started playing like a fusion uh, classical music. The sky, I, yeah. The, uh, the other guitarist, um, I can't think of his name, which is a criminal. Uh, the other guitarist was from Perth, I think, West Australia. John Williams. Is John that, Williams. Is that right? Yeah, that's the guy. Now, um, by the way, he's he's back doing. He's he's seventy and he and he retired from doing concerts and he never he doesn't do any teaching, but he's back playing um, with this guy. His Sky members are all a bunch of old men now. Sky, that's it. I couldn't remember the name of their band because you're reminding me of these things that I haven't thought about in a while since the 80s. Um, yeah, Sky, that you was the band. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, so because I just got an update. Um, I know a, a friend of his, Richard Savino, and um, I asked him, you know, what's, what's he up to? And, and that's, you know, he's with his... He's, he's seventy. Year, he's seventy years old, and he doesn't want to play concert anymore. Is, is that because he's uh, frail and he's uh, incapable of? Playing? No, no. He's he's still really quite good. Um, I think I think the traveling yeah took a toll on him, and um, 
you know, he still does recordings, but um, I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, I don't know what it would be like if you had to do like two hundred concerts a year all over the world. Probably, as you got older, it would get. Can he can half that <laughs> and do a hundred? <laughs> how about how about thirty? A thirty city, uh, and that. And yeah. it, I mean, I gotta, I gotta. You know, this is your interview, but check this out. Uh, at work one day, I found out that my boss was friends with George Van Epps. Who, of course, he's like the godfather of modern jazz guitar, living uh, in Southern California at that time. And he said, you should go take a lesson with him, you know. So I got George Van Epps' number, and I was calling him, and uh, I wasn't getting through to anybody. Finally, his daughter must have been at the house and picked up the phone, and I said, look, I'm trying to track down George Van Epps so I can get a guitar lesson. And she said, I swear to God, she said, you can't have a lesson with George right now. He's on tour in Europe. (laughs) He was 83 years old. Amazing. Yeah. So and smoking cigars and like you know talk wow. about fortitude or maybe just well, well, love of the music. Yeah. You know? Well, Segovia, Segovia played to, into his nineties. Yeah. Know? There you go. And he died. Um, I lost you for Segovia, a second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Segovia played into his nineties and he passed away when he was on tour. So you know it's it's just varies. Bream. Is um, he's eighty three, I think, and he doesn't even play anymore. And um, he has he had some of the some of the greatest guitarists guitars. He was a somewhat of a collector, and he sold all of them. He, you know, he, 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 I don't even know from what I can tell by interviews and things. Yeah, yeah, I so, got yeah. Everyone has their own timeline, right? Yeah. Hey, this has been fantastic talking. You've been so great. Isn't it great to just uh, review all that well, stuff and, and kind of put it? Good. Hey, I remember I, I used to be somebody. I love your hat. I love your hat. Well, it I'm wearing like it a... because it's been cold here in uh, Southern California. We've no, had... John, it looks, like, it looks like a piano keyboard. I swear it's it's awesome. Thank God it's not because I'm a guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so when when do when does your when does your po- podcast go live? Uh, as soon as I edit this, I can download it and it can be up and running. I, I the quality today has been really good, and I'm going to finish with a question to you. Uh, I did lose you a couple of times to the digital uh, world, you know. So you're doing these virtual uh, programs, and you got all these people. Are they all doing it through Zoom? No. Well, no. They're recording it on a separate device. We meet on Zoom because you can't play you can't yeah. play ensemble on Zoom. It's I impossible. So we meet on Zoom and um make your I'm own recording. Wilder. Yeah, you make your own recording, which is quality and you and, and you They make their own recording and they listen to me on one one unit and then they record on a different And everybody's unit. got it's zero. Not- yeah. You just zero it up. And, and, yeah. And then and then they submit the first piece I did, and then one of one of the people in our group is a digital G- whiz. Is he's really really good, and he just oh let me do it, Larry. So I said all right, go. It was kind of competitive, but he did such a good job. So he's done all the other ones. So everyone sends their videos to him. But but you know I choose the piece, I choose the tempo, and I assign the parts. And um, 
it's it's been kind of fun. It's been kind of fun. I mean, we played we played gigs live, you know, for for about a year and a half before, um, you know, before the shelter in place. So so this is our our um, you know alternative. So we meet on Zoom and we talk about it. I'm not I'm not crazy about the Zoom platform. I think with two or th- four people it's fine. But like I had to teach a one of my guitar classes, which was a face to face class, and then and then the um, quarantine set in, and so it had to switch to Zoom. And I was I was teaching forty guitarists on Zoom. <laughs> you poor guy. <laughs> oh, it, it's it's it was like teaching. All over again, you know. Yeah, and and I felt like I had everybody captive, you know, on the screen, and there they were in little boxes. Yeah, and so so it was like me talking for an hour and a half about you know how to come down close to the fret. It was it was mind boggling. Yeah, so, it's, it's hard, I think, when you're not in the same room because you can't make suggestions uh, that, that that right, are... and you can't say, oh, here it is, go try it, you know, and then walk around and see yeah, if they got it's a it. a little frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Are you I, doing your lessons on well, Zoom? I gave a ukulele lesson uh, earlier today, even just recently. Oh, wow. So I'm, I'm very fresh off the uh, block here with the uh, ukulele lesson. And uh, yeah, during the lesson, I was a little frustrated. I, I wanted to say, uh, you know, you, you're, you know, you're doing this that way. That's unnecessary. You're making more work for yourself. You should try that. You know, you can't yeah. really like, hold your instrument in their face and give it a 360 you know optical yeah. uh, view you know what i mean it's kind of hard yeah. but uh yeah i'm getting by you know but no i don't have a lot of students uh i'd, I'd like a, a lot of students because i love to teach but uh, it's difficult it's not really a natural yeah it's very strange actually well it's a, it's a hard thing i mean there's i'm a member of two um online lesson things where um they send you probably know about them. It's I, I think it's called lessons dot com or something. Lesson face. And, yeah. 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 I work for and, them too, but I hadn't I didn't pursue it because it, it's almost like you're, you're kind of everything's out of your hands all of a sudden. You don't know what they're going to do. Right. For well, you. I tell them. I tell them. Look, everything's on on computer now, and they oh, I want to come. I want you to come to my house. I will forget it. You know, I'm not doing it. So. <laughs> get lost yeah yeah (laughs) oh you're funny oh that's great all right well we're gonna wrap it up uh uh, we've gone over our time uh but uh hey you're fantastic and you're a lifelong friend i really appreciate uh you being here today you 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 were instrumental in those days and hey listen i i don't want to keep you but um if we do something at at the 50th are you going to plan on going to that? Uh, uh, if you go, I'll go, and I'll play the bass, and you can play the guitar. But I refuse. Oh come on! I refuse, no I refuse to play the guitar. No. no, no, I'll do some classical. But no, if we're doing anything electric, you're on, man. Uh, well, whatever. We're going to have to but, talk but about wait, that. Wait, wait, though. But if we come up with a playlist, a playlist. Um, yeah, Maybe. so we know. What- Ladies and gentlemen, Larry Ferrar is talking about the Lowell High School fiftieth. Reunion party, I guess. I mean, like, come on, what? What do you? What is this well, going to require? Well, probably, like, quality or? Well, what? listen, I'll probably have a band. So, 
Do you know, I mean, in other words, there's bands that specialize. I mean, they had, I went to the, um, I guess it was a 45th or something where the Beach Boys played. Yeah. Do, do you remember hearing about that? Yeah, I heard about it. Oh, it was, it was a trip. It was right there. It was on Lowell, right outside, uh, right outside of the, the, uh, the gym. Lowell where, was in where Whittier, the, California, by the way. Yeah, where the Doors played. You know, they were touching the Doors played here, you know, 19... Okay, uh, okay. Do you remember this? When Three Dog Night played on the field at La Habra High School? Was that one of the greatest concerts ever or yeah. what? Yeah. They were so unbelievably good. The band and the three guys singing together. That yeah. was it. I just said, this is insane. These guys are in, they're unbelievable. Yeah that, yeah, that was a great concert. And who else was on that show, Testing Your Memory? Do you remember? Um, I don't know. Um, you need some help. Yeah. Sir, Sir Douglas Quintet. Rain, 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 rain. Mendocino, Mendocino. Oh, I just love that band. They were fantastic. So that yeah. was, talk about being influenced. We're out there on a football field, right? There's a stage, and here are these two absolutely iconic bands playing for yeah. our high school graduation, and yeah. or whatever that was, and they were just yeah. absolutely stellar. Yeah, I hope yeah. I hope yeah. our fiftieth can happen. You know, they may have to postpone it, right? Yeah, I hope all the people that are planning on going there are alive by then. (laughs) (laughs) No guarantees. The way this is going, who knows, yeah. Okay, buddy. All right, Tom. All right. Let's keep in touch. Yeah, so good to see you, man. Yeah, great to see you and great to hear your voice. Talk to you. Same here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.